Thanks so much for joining us for the New Life Brisbane podcast. New Life Church is one family, many churches, and we exist to simply see more people more like Jesus by planning and leading thriving local churches. We pray that this message is a blessing. We're going to do the Bible reading. So if you want to grab your Bibles out, we're reading from 1 Peter 2, um, verses 9 to 10. So, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Well, afternoon, New Life. Hey, look, that's pretty, uh, a pretty slack response, I would have thought. So let me try that one more time. Hello, New Life. Afternoon to you. Fantastic. You're probably wondering who this old dude is out the front. My name's Bruce Moore. I've been one of the leaders here at New Life uh, right from when we began, when we first planted this church. And Alex thought it would be really good as we step into this Sunday that one of the spiritual dads of the church might come and speak. That's code for let's bring the old fella out, all right? So, so you're going to put up with me this afternoon, and they've only given me 15 minutes, which is code for 20 minutes, all right? Because today we're focusing on what it, is, what it actually means to be called by God into a high response, and we call this our anointing Sunday, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But I want to pose a question to you. Who were you before someone told you who you should be? That's, that's a big question on a Sunday afternoon at four o'clock in 40 degree heat, but who were you before someone told you who you should be? Sometimes we sit in a space, and I find myself in a space where I define myself by the, the worst thing that's ever been said over me. Maybe someone's ripped me off, people that I trusted or loved or thought better of have been left me standing in situations that i found myself. Sometimes you find yourself in a space where words have been said about you, maybe to your face or behind your face, but either way, they've stuck. They've stuck. And whether we like it or not, they start to stick and form our identity of who we are. There's a story that is told about NASA who conducted a, um, a specialised experiment and they contracted a guy called Dr George Land and Dr Beth Jarman to develop a highly specialised test that would give the means to effect effectively measure the creative potential of NASA's rocket scientists. Whoa, that sounds like a pretty fun sort of exercise to get into, doesn't it? Here's what they found. They, they first of all tested the creativity of 1,600 children between the ages of four. And what do you think they found? 98% of the four to five-year-olds were creative geniuses. Wow. The test went on, and five years later, now 10 years of old, same sample of children, or thereabouts anyway, what do you think the number was of creative potential? Have a crack. What do you think? 
So we're on a steep dive here. Wine at four and another five years, so we're at 15 years of age, similar sample, simpler sample to, to, um, to ask the same question, what do you think they found? 12%. And now wind it forward to the age around 28 to 30, all right? There's a fair bit of that demographic around here as I look around. But this time they sampled 280,000 adults, just to be safe. What do you think they found? 2%. Only 2% of those 280,000 people had creative potential. And what they went on to say in their findings is that non-creative behaviour is actually a learnt response. And it causes me to ask this really, really serious question around what is it that has actually stuck to you that forms your identity that is sucking the very creative potential of the way that God has created you to be? We are conditioned in society with a mindset that takes us away from the, the very way in which God intended us to be. Now, if that doesn't start to connect with you, let me get a little bit more vulnerable and I'll tell a, just a very quick snapshot of my story. But part of my story is as a teenager at high school, I was someone that was bullied. And I'm not going to de-identify this. The person's name was Lane, all right? So you can ha hate on Lane for a minute, all right? I'll ask for God's forgiveness when we get anointed later on, okay? But Lane used to absolutely wring the life out of me. So much so that if I knew Lane was going to be near the bus stop, I'd take another route. I would walk even kilometres just to avoid him. And wind it forward... 45 years ago, like into the future and the current reality, and some of you are doing the numbers of how old Bruce is now. Think, I didn't think it was that old, but anyway, wind it forward, and I need to tell you that it still sticks. One of the shadows, if you like, or the monkeys on my back, or however you want to put language around it, is the way in which it packs the way I I feel about myself, the way I think about myself. And I want to say to you that the way that we view ourselves impacts the way that we view each other. And it also impacts our relationship with God, the way we view God. Is God the way maker, the all-powerful one that can break through anything that might be sticking on our back is the question that's before us this afternoon. I believe that God can. God is. In fact, Scripture would tell us that God is. God is. That's our understanding. God is love, but God is. God is the way maker, the one that can break through and give you a new identity of what it actually means to be called, to be adopted as his child. We read from this incredibly powerful letter in 1 Peter, as Peter was writing to a persecuted church who found themselves in a place all over the place. They didn't know where to run to or where they might go to. And Peter writes into that and he calls them the attention and he says that you are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the wonderful light. Friends, we are chosen, chosen by God. And the scripture tells us that before creation, 
God chose us. Now, that's a pretty big concept to get your hand around, but before there was anything else, God is and was, and he had chosen us. Eat that lion, I would say. You know, like, eat that lion. God is bigger than any word that can be uttered over you, spoken over you, lies, whatever it might be. God is far bigger than that. And Eugene Peterson, in his rendering of this, says, you are the ones chosen by God from nothing to something, from rejected to being accepted. Whoa. I could probably stop there. That's, that's not bad. Seven minutes, Alex, I've finished. Um, but I do have a little bit more to share with you. You know, our identity, this God's declaration to us, if you like, it's our church's identity too. When we gather as a mob here this afternoon, as this tribe called New Life Brisbane, in this place in the city, we're God's people who are chosen, coming under the authority and the power of King Jesus. That's the authority that we claim over not only our own lives, but about the presence that we bring as God's family in this city. And this afternoon, we're about claiming that. We're about reclaiming what God has already spoken over you. And we'll have an opportunity to come forward in a time of response and ministry where we, we want to bring that declaration, not just for ourselves individually, across our families, but also for this church, and dare I say it, for the city. That's what God's task is. We read in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, Praise be to the God of our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Whew. That declaration, that proclamation is already there for us. And this afternoon, the challenge for all of us is to sit in that presence and claim that declaration as God has already written it over our lives. When Jesus didn't know really how to explain some of the things that he was trying to engage his followers with, he used to speak in parable, meaning that he'd just tell some stories. And if people couldn't understand that, he'd tell another story. You might ask the question, what does this look like to be chosen? One of the stories Jesus told was about a shepherd. A shepherd who had 100 sheep, and one went missing, went astray. This shepherd left the 99 behind. And you read it in a couple of the Gospels, this story. But let's not turn to it, let's just sit in that space for a moment. 100 sheep, and God has so much an appointment for us. The declaration of being chosen that this shepherd left the 99 behind and went after the one. I'm wondering if you could imagine the shepherd walking through our midst right now, the good shepherd called Jesus. The story goes on and it says the shepherd found that one, put it up on the shepherd's shoulders and brought it back to their community. I wonder if you can picture the shepherd putting you on his shoulders right now. Every one of you, God's got this appointment on your life, this adoption 
of who you are in Christ. And the good shepherd has you on his shoulders because you're so important that he goes after the one. Everyone matters to God. All of you matter to God. It's so critical to who and what it means to be actually chosen. The second thing that we read is that we're a royal priesthood. And now you're probably thinking, well, you're scaring me, Bruce. Didn't think we're signing up to be priests, all right? Now, we'll just leave that to Pastor Alex and a few of the other pastors, Pastor Aaron and so on. But the priesthood that we're talking about here, that we find being identified in these words, is being part of God's royal priesthood. A priest, if we look at the understanding, both in the Greek and the Hebrew, it can be translated as being that connector. It's that bridge, that bridge between God and us. And so in the Jewish law and tradition, what we would find is the high priest would go into the temple and offer up on behalf of of those that would be there in relationship with God, a sacrifice. It was that connector. It was that relationship. But the story that we know, the story that we know to be true, is Jesus broke through all of that as God gave up his son, Christ, into this world to pay that ugly death, death on a cross, but more than that, rose up above that in the power of what it actually means to be born again, to be alive in him. In that, that, that holy of holies, that central place in the temple where only the, the high priest could go, the, the temple curtain was torn. The courts were open. And so what you've been invited into with this knowledge of understanding that you're a chosen people in a royal priesthood is that you have direct access to God. We don't need any intermediary access through anyone else God, through his Holy Spirit, in the giving up his, of his son Jesus, gives you direct access to the Most High King. That's what it means to be part of this royal priesthood. And we're called as a church to reflect what it means to walk in the way of that priesthood. To walk in the way of that calling, if you like. To be the ones that are called out. And I want to ask you, church, this afternoon, what type of character are you reflecting as being part of this, this priesthood of God? What type of reflection are you on the communities or the people or relationships that, that daily that you're, um, you know, you're engaged with? What sort of reflection are you of God in the midst of that? The third thing that we read is that you not only a chosen people, a royal priesthood, but also a holy nation. God's special possession, if you like. And time, look, look, we could run a whole series just on each one of these hallmarks, but what does it mean to be a holy nation? Nation can just be translated as being our mob here at, at New Life Brisbane, you know? The tribe that God calls us to hang out with in this place. But what's it mean to be holy? Well, holy, in its simplest terms, is to be at one with God. So deeply connected in God that we 
not only are we galvanised to who God is, but we reflect the very nature of Jesus himself. That's what Paul used to rattle on about in some of his letters. And we're called into being these citizens, if you like, of what we read as being the new kingdom, of what it means to follow in God's way. But it takes us further than that. We're called into actually what it means to be God's special possession. And the quickest way that I can get into even thinking about and understanding what that might be is the image that we read in Paul's letter to the Ephesians about referring to the church as being the bride of Christ. Some of us have had the privilege in this church to see a few brides that have come down this aisle here. And recently, my, my uh, daughter-in-law, Candace, was that bride. Woohoo! <laughs> and I saw the look on my son face, son's face, Aaron, as he turned and got his gaze on his bride. Words don't describe it, do they? And so much so, we have this promise that God's gaze is fixed on us. God's gaze is fixed on us. We are made, made, made to be in relationship with our God. This is our very purpose. This is who we're called to be. It's the very witness of what God would want us to be. And finally, finally, the, the calling that we're called into is being called out of darkness and into his marvellous light. And we go on to read that once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received God's mercy. And in the Gospel of John we read, the light shines in the darkness, but guess what? Here's the promise. Darkness will never overcome it. So you know those words that I was talking about that maybe you still carry? You know those things, those actions, the harm, or even the trauma? Or in some of you, I know, there will be abuse as well that continues to stick. God's light shines in the darkness. And the promise to us all is the darkness shall never overcome it. Today we're, we're being called to centre ourselves again. I want to invite you into this place now and really start to centre yourself. Invite the, the worship team if they might come up and join me. We're inviting you in to, really, to re-centre yourself. And please, I don't want to minimise what pain or trauma or things that you might be carrying. Please don't hear me minimising that. Because it's real for you. Very much of you. But God's chosen you. Even before creation began, God already had your name on the back and the Good Shepherd has you on his shoulders and wants to bring you life, life in all its fullness of what it might bring. Shortly, we're, we're going to be inviting our, our children back in. 
And as a family, a family of God, we're going to be invited into one of the Old Testament and New Testament rituals that are in Scripture. We call it anointing. There's nothing magic in this, in a way. We use some oil, but it's just common oil that's just been set aside for this task. But in that, God's writing his name on our forehead. He's already chosen you, but in this act of commitment that you will make, if you want to take hold of that, that invitation, God wants to, to rewrite his name on your forehead here tonight in a blessing that we might share together. So I invite you to just center yourself in a moment, right now in this space. In a moment, we're gonna share in a blessing in song. It's called the Aaronic Blessing. Aaron was the first high priest of the, of, of the Israelite people. And he offered up this blessing that we're about to see at the end of each of the tabernacle services. There's something powerful in the words. But I'm reminded as we do that, that I wanna invite you into just a spirit of prayer just for a few moments. And the invitation that I wanna give you are words of Jesus. Words that Jesus offered up to his disciples, his mob, his tribe that used to follow him. They went up on a mountain and we read it we call it the Sermon on the Mount. And in that were the words called the Beatitudes. And in that, Jesus is saying, this is what it actually means to follow me. To claim, to claim that adoption, to claim being the chosen. So could you just sit with me, with God, in this space now, and invite you in a posture of prayer. Maybe for some of you, you wanna kneel. It's pretty hot to do that, but whatever you feel comfortable, but in a posture of prayer, can we just lean in and let God just might speak these words over you as he offered to his disciples. And this is what he said. Friends, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. Friends, you're blessed when you feel that you've lost what is most dear to you and only then can you embrace the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment that you find yourself proud owners of everything that can't be bought. And you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you will find yourself being cared for. And you're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right, then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of competing or fighting. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. 
And not only that, count yourself blessed every time people put you down or throw you out, even Lane, my friend, um, who, or who speaks lies about you to discredit me because what it means is the truth is too close for their comfort and they are uncomfortable. And you can be glad when that happens, even give a cheer or a shout because all heaven applauds and know that you're in good company because my prophets and witnesses have always got into this kind of trouble. Lord, it's, it's our heart that you might disrupt all of those things that are just taking hold of us and taking us away from the very person that you created us to be. And God, we hear that declaration over each one of us tonight, the good shepherd that comes and gives a declaration that I've come, I've come that you might have life, life in all its fullness. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the New Life Podcast. If that stirred something within you or you would like prayer, you can contact us at church.nu or through our Instagram or Facebook page. We pray you have a great week. Be blessed.